Welcome to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast, brought to you by Word of Flame Curriculum and the Pentecostal Publishing House. This podcast encourages adult disciples to think deeply about God's Word, further develop their personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and make a greater commitment to the purpose and plan of God for their lives. Let's dive into today's lesson and explore what it means to live out God's Word in our lives. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to God's Word for Life. I'm your host, Jonathan McClintock. This is episode number 62. This is a lesson companion podcast, so for those of you who are Word of Flame curriculum customers, we invite you to grab your summer 2021 lesson manual or student workbook and turn to lesson number four intended for June 27th, 2021, the lesson entitled Saved. For those of you who are not Word of Flame curriculum customers, we invite you to grab your Bibles, sit back, and let's dive into God's Word together. Well, before we look into God's Word together, if you want to go ahead and turn there and hold your place in Titus chapter 3, we're going to look at five verses in Titus chapter 3. But before we look at that scripture passage, some people are richer than they realize. Stanley William McKenna Walker was one of those people. He was an Oxford graduate living in Chicago in the 1950s, and his dad was an abundantly wealthy shipbuilder in England. Stanley's father passed away and half of his $8 million inheritance in 1950 was due each of his two sons. Stanley was now a millionaire from England living in Chicago, but he was not staying in a luxury condo on the Magnificent Mile. When the search party searched for him to tell him about the inheritance, they heard he was sleeping off his alcohol in cheap hotels and on the curbs in Chicago. When they finally found him, he was dead lying in a doorway on a cold autumn night. He did not have to live that way or die that way. He either did not know about his inheritance or he didn't care. Now, your father may not be a wealthy shipbuilder ready to leave you $4 million, but our Heavenly Father built the universe with just his words. Throughout the New Testament, we open the bank statement to realize just how rich we are. God has showered us with his kindness He has justified us, declaring us righteous in his holy sight. He has shown us mercy, washed us, renewed us, and saved us from death to life. Even if you die a pauper without enough nickels to exchange for a dime, when you're born again, you become an heir of God and a joint heir with Christ. We really are richer than we realize. What a story. And it's going to help us today as we look at this passage in Titus chapter 3, this lesson entitled Saved. The focus thought is we are saved by God's Spirit and by God's grace. Why don't you turn with me to Titus chapter 3. Let's look into the Word of God and see what it would speak to us today. All right, let's look at the Word of God, Titus chapter 3. And let's begin reading at verse number 4. We're going to read down through verse number 8. Titus chapter 3, verse 4 says, But after that the kindness and love of God our Savior toward men appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior. That being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. 
Verse 8, this is a faithful saying, and these things I will that thou affirm constantly, that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable unto men. Our focus verse is actually verse 5 of Titus 3. It says, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us, by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Let's look at these five verses and let's draw out some truths we could apply to our lives today. Look at these first three verses, talking about the kindness and love of God, our Savior towards man appeared, and this salvation came not by works of righteousness, which we've done, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing and regeneration, renewing of the Holy Ghost which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. So are we saved by works? Is it things that we have done and acts that we have done and, and lifestyle that we have lived that has somehow earned us this spot in heaven? It has somehow earned us a place of honor in the family of Jesus Christ. Are we saved by works? I think... Paul's pretty clear here when he talks to Titus that we are not saved by works. And no doubt Paul has in, in mind uh, the way he has grown up and the pharisaical way that he has lived his life uh, years before this and how he was taught that the law of Moses was the way to live and he had to obey the law to the very letter of the law and circumcision and wearing a certain threads in your clothes were was an abomination it was wrong and all these laws 613 of them that God had delivered to Moses uh, generations before Mount Sinai were still being clung to by several in the Jewish world and Paul no doubt probably had that that was his background that was his that was where that was his mindset, where he came from. And so he no doubt had that in his mind when he was writing this, but it still is applicable to us today because there are others who would say, you've got to do this, this, and this in order to earn salvation. But we are not saved by works. In fact, Paul makes it pretty clear that we are saved according to, not according to the works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. So we're not saved because of the things that we do that somehow earns our salvation. However, our response to the gospel and our response to his word does open our hearts in order to receive the gospel. We're not, salvation is not forced on us. Salvation is not crammed down our throats. There is an act we have, to, we have to take in order to receive salvation. You cannot remove human actions from the, work, from the process of salvation. You can't remove them. I mean, we don't just sit around like blobs, on a, on a, uh, lay in our bed like a blob, and then all of a sudden God just inundates us with salvation just because of his mercy. No, we have to receive that. We have to act upon it. It's not our actions that earn salvation, but it is our actions that appropriates that salvation into our lives. We are called to repent of our sins. 
Bible tells us if we don't repent, we'll all likewise perish. So does our repentance earn us salvation? No, our repentance just aligns our heart with his purpose and plan and and allows God to then gives him that permission to remove and forgive us of our sins. The act did not earn it, but the act played a role in, 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 in companion with God's will. Then we are to be baptized. Does the act of baptism earn our salvation? No, but the act of baptism is an obedience to his word and the act by obeying his word in baptism, having the name of Jesus called over us, we are aligned with his purpose and plan and allows the work of salvation to continue in our lives. We receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. We are saved by the Holy Ghost, the Bible tells us. So is it through our speaking in tongues that we begin to speak these words and somehow we earn our salvation? No, just like the other process of salvation. We don't do that to earn it. We yield ourselves and we surrender ourselves and we receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It We align ourselves through obedience with his purpose and with his plan. Nothing we do earns salvation. It is by his grace and it is because of his mercy, but we must obey the gospel and allow the gospel to work in us. We don't earn anything. We are not saved by works. For those who would say that for those who preach in Acts 2.38 message that you must be born again, that you're preaching salvation by works, that is a lie. It is not true. Nobody thinks that because I say just the right words in repentance, I have earned salvation. I have impressed God. Wow, he's so impressed that I have said such beautiful flowery words. And he is, oh, I must forgive you now because you have earned it. No, that is not the case. We align ourselves through obedience. We are called to repentance, and so we surrender ourselves humbly. God, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Take these sins away. I am sorry for what I did. And in that humility, in that repentance, God grants us forgiveness. We didn't earn it. It was by his grace. Oh, but... When you are baptized, when you go down in water and a preacher or a minister or or another believer baptizes you, wow, look what you've done. You've earned remission of sins. God is impressed by your actions. You have done so beautifully. Look how the water drips down your face. Look how your hair is slicked back from being wet. Look how the robe that you're wearing, the covering you're wearing, the water just drains from it. You have done so beautifully. You have earned remission of sins. That is ridiculous. Nobody claims that baptism earns salvation. But the Bible does say, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. The Bible does say that we, unless you are born of water and of the Spirit, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Peter told the those and in, in on Pentecost that day, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Why? Because your beautiful baptism will earn you salvation. No, because it is an obedience to God's word. You don't earn anything, but we obey by being baptized. The name of Jesus called over us, and God grants us by his mercy and by his grace remission and forgiveness of sins. Oh, but those of you that say you must have the Holy Ghost, you must, you must, 
work to receive this gift because only then can God grant you salvation. Look how beautiful you speak in tongues. Look how beautiful you pray. You, you, you worked to get this. You worked. No, that's ridiculous. It is by his mercy and by his grace. But he said we must be born of the Spirit to enter the kingdom of heaven. We must be. We are saved by the Holy Ghost. We must have the Holy Ghost. It's nothing we earn. It's nothing we work hard and we, we, we receive it and it's because of our works. That is not what the Scripture is saying. And for anybody that says that that's what apostolics believe is, is lying, it's not true. We receive the Holy Ghost by faith. We yield ourselves. Yes, the initial evidence of that is, is by, because we've sp- spoken in tongues. That's the initial evidence. The ongoing evidence is that we have joy and, and peace and long-suffering and gentleness and goodness and faith and meekness. We have the fruit of the Spirit. That's the ongoing evidence of the Holy Ghost. So because you're full of joy, you've earned salvation? No, it's fruit. It is because we have obeyed the command of the Lord and we have received the Holy Ghost. It is by his grace and mercy that we can even receive the Holy Ghost. We do not earn anything. We are not saved by works. We are saved by grace. But those who will be saved will respond in obedience, not to earn anything, but to obey God's word. And he will graciously grant us by grace, through mercy, forgiveness, remission, and infilling of the Holy Ghost. We are not saved by works. We are saved by grace through his mercy. Verse 7, that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Of what are we heirs? Of what are we heirs? We are heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Because we have been born again, born of water and of the Spirit, because God's grace and mercy have worked in us and brought about salvation in our lives. We are justified by his grace. We have been made heirs, heirs with Christ, joint heirs with Christ. And we have hope of eternal life, forever living in heaven with Jesus forever living with the one who saved us, forever living with the one who shed his grace and mercy on us, not of works that we've done, but because of his grace and mercy, he saved us. Because of his abundant grace, he saved us. And we have been made heirs of this eternal hope that we will live forever with him. What an amazing hope that we have. And then verse 8, this is a faithful saying. And these things I will that thou affirm constantly, that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. Hmm, really? I thought works were not important. I mean, we already affirmed, right, that we're not saved by works. Those things that people call works and try to say that, oh, those people that do those things are going to earn salvation by works. So we realize those are not works. They are responses of obedience that don't earn anything. They just reflect 
a heart that is humble and wants to receive what God has given them and, pl- and promised to give them. But, huh, we must be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable unto men. Wow. So why are our works important then? If our works don't save us, which they don't, no Bible-believing apostolic Christian Pentecostal believes that works will save them. Now, yes, there are some people that get mixed up and feel like, and, and they, have, they have begun to live a way that they think their works have earned them something. And for those who think their works have earned them something, they are erring. They can find correction. They can, they, can, they can come around and realize it's by God's grace. They've not earned anything. It is through only through mercy and the grace of God that they stand saved, that they stand filled with the Spirit, they stand forgiven and sins remitted from their lives. And I believe they can recognize that and understand that if they'll receive the proper teaching and understanding. But it, always, it also does not, this does not excuse us from acting and taking the right works in our lives, doing the right works. Paul says, be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable unto men. Matthew said, quoting Jesus' words, that we ought to do good works, that through those works, others may see Jesus and others will glorify God because of our good works. Works are important. Works do not save or earn you any salvation, but works reveal salvation is working in you. Works, good works, reveal that God's power and spirit is at work in us. We must maintain good works. These things are good and profitable to the person doing them and good and profitable to those who see the person doing those good works. So works are important. They are important. So I w- let's, let's look, how can we apply this to our lives? First of all, let your works reflect your salvation. If God has truly saved you, let your works show others that God has truly saved you. Let your works reflect your salvation. So this week, let what you are doing, let it reflect that you've been saved. Speak right, talk right, live right, act right, respond to things godly, in a godly manner. So people will see that through your works, your good works, you're glorifying God and they can glorify God. And through your works, you point people to Jesus Christ. And secondly, right alongside that one, let your life be profitable for others. Let what you do and the works you do, let it be profitable for other people. Let them see your good works and want to glorify God. Let, let them not say of you as a Christian, wow, if that's how Christians behave, I don't want anything to do with Christians. I don't want anything to do with the God they talk about if that's really how Christians. Our works are so important. They reflect Jesus Christ and that we must let our works show others that Jesus loves them. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we are so grateful. So grateful that we've experienced a great salvation in our lives. So grateful that we've experienced the grace and mercy of God. Thankful for 
today for the opportunity we had to repent of our sins and can still call on you and ask you to forgive us our sins and you will forgive us. The privilege of baptism in your name that we were immersed in water and, and your spirit, uh, your, 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 your name called over us and our sins were remitted. Thank you for the infilling of the Holy Ghost, oh God. Thank you for your spirit that came to live and reside inside of us. We thank you, God. We know we earned nothing of that. It was by your grace and by your mercy. But Lord, we want to live our lives now. Live our lives and show others what that power of salvation has done in us and what it can do in them also. Let us be lights so that others see your greatness and your glory through us. We give you all the praise and we thank you for it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast, where together we explore what it means to live out God's Word in our lives. If you haven't yet, make sure to subscribe to this podcast. And if you are looking for other Bible study tools and resources to encourage you in your walk with God, visit us today at pentecostalpublishing.com.